Oh, good. Great. Uh, <laughs> hi, everybody. Uh, welcome again to another comic book Fridays on Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. Yes. Friday once again. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, you know, <coughs> I'm hanging in there. Just hanging? I had, uh, yeah, I had one of my uh, mouth rocks removed because uh, I had a failed crown and, you know... All Ouch. that fun stuff, and it's finally getting to a point where it's just not painful anymore. But like sleeping and working this week has just been rath. Yeah, tooth pain's no no joke. Like no, I told no. you before, I no. I had it, and it was uh, I found out how much gravity sucks because no yeah. matter where I put my head, it would still hurt. Because yeah, it, it shows that nerve pain is just. The not to be messed with no. at all. No. Well, other than that, what do we uh, what do we got this week? Okay, this week we've got the releases from 420. Uh, of course, we can find those on leagueofcomicgeeks.com. Blaze it uh, and blaze it. <laughs> uh, Marvel uh, had a pretty slim pickings this week. Uh, we got Hulk number six, uh, Avengers fifty five. Wolverine 20, Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number two, Captain America Zero, A New Era Begins. Uh, it's an arc where Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers are both Captain America? Question mark. <laughs> uh, Shang-Chi number 11, Doctor Strange, Nexus of Nightmares number one. And that's it. That's wow. all the Marvel. I mean, yeah. they can't all be winter weeks. They can't be coming out with oh, I know. thousands I mean, of books. I'm pretty sure. Week. Disney's like, yeah, you can crank these books out. And Marvel's like, yeah, but have like one week. Why, though? <laughs> I know. Uh, DC, nice. uh, Nightwing, number 91. Mm-hmm. The Flash, 781. The Nice House on the Lake, number 8. Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number 2. Batman, The Night, number 4. Catwoman, number 42. Robins, number six. Catwoman, Lonely City, number three. Blue and Gold, number eight. Trials of the Amazons, Wonder Girl, number two. Refrigerator Full of Heads, number six. Wonder Woman Evolution, number six. Earth Prime, number two. Superman and Lois. I really wanted to say Spider-Man right there. Spider-Man and Lois. (laughs) Uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 115. And then we got Image. Nice. Image, we have Ice Cream Man, number 29. Now, what the hell is Ice Cream Man? No fucking clue. No uh, clue. But it does have a really interesting cover, and it looks like it has the same artist as Invincible. All right, hold on. Let's look this up. Yeah, please please take a moment, everyone, to Google Ice Cream Man, number 29, from Image Comics. All right, hold on. Here, it's coming up here. Oh, man. Yeah, that's trippy. So for the kids at home, I'm going to do my best to describe (laughs) this. It is the creepiest looking ice cream man slash milkman outfit from the 50s that this guy is wearing. Complete with the hat, a white hat with the black rim around it, the black bow tie, and the the button-up shirt, all white, and pants that are all white. He's holding what looks like the cover 
of himself holding the cover of himself holding the cover on and on in an infinite loop. It's it's actually a really good picture. But yeah. it's the it's cre- really well drawn, but it's so creepy. Creepiest face I've ever seen. It's probably because his gums are black. That's what gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The gums being black so gets... Yeah, that's it. Right there. Continue. Continue. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Ice Cream Man. Uh, Walking Dead Deluxe, number 37. Homesick Pilots, number 14. Slumber, number 2. The Good Asian, number 10. Philadelphia, number 21. Bolero, number 4. The Secret History of the War on Weed, number 1. Aerosmith, Behind Enemy Lines, number 4. Girl Scouts, Stone Ghost, number 6. That's it for Image. Awesome. Uh, Boom. Boom. We got Power Rangers, number 18. The Vampire Slayer, number one. Faithless three, number three. Magic the Hidden Planeswalker, number one. And you know what? I I probably haven't mentioned this yet about Boom, but one of the things I really appreciate about Boom is the quality of the printing. They've got a really nice jacket uh, for like the back and front cover. And the inside pages are nice, too. You know, Marvel, DC, they're nice, but like this is like nice, really high quality. <laughs> Especially for someone who's not as well known as uh, as Marvel or DC, for sure. Right. Yeah. Sonic uh, Boom, the comic book, had pretty good printing in it too. So, you know, it was it was pretty good. Oh, that voice from yeah. beyond! No, this is uh, beyond. <laughs> this is, uh, if you hear, if you heard that ding, this is uh, this is our friend Dan who's just decided to join us for nice. some short uh, comic book talk with us. How's it going, Dan? It's going. It's going. Nice. We're just going over our um, weeks. Could you uh, could you fix it so we can't hear ourselves in the background there? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No problem. Take your time. I'm just going to cut this. Cut that. Cut, cut this. It. Cut that. Cut oh. it. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know. I think, uh, you're, good. I think you're good now. I can't hear yeah, myself. Yeah, anymore, no, so. yeah. yeah. No, but no, there. yeah. This is this is Dan, everybody. He's uh, going to help us join us with like, some comic book talk. Comic he's, books. He's going to talk about these symbiotes with us. Mm-hmm. We're just going over our uh, weekly releases from different uh, studios slash comic book publishers. So Ryan's giving us the breakdown. Give us the breakdown there, Ryan. Continue. All right, all right, all right. So that was boom. Uh, so we also got a bunch from Dark Horse this week. Yay, Dark oh, Horse. Oh, you son of a bitch. I had Dark Horse. I was going to Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> got you this time. Biatch. They have some really good stuff, too. Yeah, Black Hammer Reborn, number 11. Stranger Things, Kamchata, whatever. I don't know how to Kamchaka. pronounce it. Kamchaka. Kamchatka, yeah, I think maybe, yeah. Number I two, so. uh, the Collector Unit seven thirty one, number one, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla Forgotten Myths number two. Yeah, those were. And that's all, all I wrote down. Those were all the good ones. They did have the Halo Encyclopedia. Uh, there's a bunch from like Dynamite and uh, other producers that are like you know a moderate size, but like I fingers, I only have so much time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, fingers. Fingers. <laughs> nice. No, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> well, that was pretty good from from Dark Horse. We're definitely mm-hmm. going to add them to our comic book repertoire of what's going on. Well, they only they've only been producing like one or two a week for the past couple of weeks, so maybe they're just getting uh, some stuff up and running. It's also just not comic book season right now, too. Uh, for yeah, for some of the smaller ones, but like Marvel, DC, you're seeing they're, they're always like pumping something out. Six they're days. always, but you know, you you just can't be pumping them out like you know. We were literally just having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. he's he's up to speed well, then. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yes, up to speed for this week. Did for we the have releases anything... on Fury Twenty? <laughs> we had Boom. We had Boom Studios. Yes. Dark Horse. Did we do Image yet? Did you have anything? With yeah. Image? Yeah, that was uh, the Ice Cream Man. Oh, I thought that was Boom. Continue. Okay. Damn it. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh. Let's do uh, the the Rock and Stone set the tone. Rock and Stone has set the tone, and we've got someone else too to do that one. So that this week, uh, I was thinking about it. You know how all these prequel series are coming out for different large scale fantasy slash science fiction stuff. For oh instance, yeah, there's House, like so much. House of the Dragon is coming out. Um, that Lord of the Rings. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Ring of Power. Yeah, the Rings yeah, of, Power Ring of Power coming out. I want to find out from you guys because I know what I would want. What science fiction show slash book would you like to see a prequel series come out for? Oh man! Yeah, wrap that around your brain. I'll start with mine, so you guys can sit there and think about it. I honest because I I actually mentioned it on our Twitter earlier this week. MGM obviously got bought out by Amazon Studios, and they're and they're doing a lot of these prequel series. I would love for them to do Stargate, uh, Alliance of the Four Great Races, or or Fall of the Alliance of the Four Great Races, or something like that. That would be super awesome. I want to see. Now this is me coming off my my kick of Watchmen this past week. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see a prequel of like. The Minutemen from Watchmen. Oh, that's okay, a good one. Okay. And see and see what the shit they've been up to. You saw the the series that came out for Watchmen, right? Uh, the HBO one. Yeah, I did not. I watched the movie last night, and I've been I finished the comic book actually today around like I don't know seven thirty this morning because I had nothing better to do with my life. Nice. Um, yeah, the move the the. The show that came out seemed to have followed the timeline after yeah, it's the movie. Definitely set after uh, the movie. Even though um, the movie didn't exactly follow the source material when it came to the event that caused the planet to yes come together. Yes, also yeah. yes didn't really use the uh, the uniting factor that appears in the comic book. Um, but it's the series so good. It's so good. And we're the... never gonna get one. No, we're not oh. going to ever get a sequel to it because the oh. writer moved on. Exactly. But for the first hour, hour and a half of the Watchmen movie, even is completely like, I don't know, almost word for word for the first, like, two comic books, which which I thought was awesome. Wasn't it a large, like, graphic novel of some sort? Or was it individual I mean, it, issues? I it don't was originally individual issues. Oh, nice. Nice. No, but yeah, no, that would be a really good one. That's actually a really good uh, idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm going to be a little spoiled here. Uh, since we did get the He's Wheel of Time flopping series his dick on the table started, is what doing. and I got to say, loving it so far. Uh, but I really want to see the life and times of uh, Luz Theron Telemann or even before that uh, in the Wheel of Time like series. Uh, there's really not anything out there besides some stuff that they reference in the books about the ages before the one you see in the books. But, oh, God, it would be so good. I honestly think you're being demanding at this point, and... I I will down. stand outside of the Amazon Prime offices and scream into a megaphone until I literally cough out all of my organs. You will you will spit shine Jeff Bezos' bald head. Yes, yes, oh I my. I will definitely use my real saliva for that too. So that's a <laughs> that's a prime golden offer here's, there. Here's Ryan I mean, outside of Jeff Bezos's office <laughs> with a boombox above his head just silently whispering. Wham. See, I was picturing myself just like face glued to like the window of his office with like a rag and like just like going at it with the window. Always in your Superman costume, though. Oh, yes. yes. I mean... In his Superman pajamas with his underwear on the outside. You know, I'd also like to see... Now, this is this is a hot take for all y'all. The Dan hot For all take. you... All, all, the, all the kids in the 90s who remember this. A SWAT cat's origin story. Oh, <laughs> friggin' hell, man. You know, only if it has a Street Sharks crossover. Oh, of course. Street what else, where, what else would it be? We're trying to recapture the whole Thundercats thing, I'm pretty certain, with SWAT cats, but I, I can't disagree. No, 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 no. He's no, out, no, no, he's no, out no. of line. He's out of line. No. But he's no. Right. You know what you need to do if you're listening to this right now? Pause this, go to YouTube, Google SWAT cats, and listen to the song. It's awesome. Apparently, they're making a, uh, they're rebooting it. That sounds about right. They're doing that for everything in the 90s. I now. mean, why make something original when you can reboot something? I mean... Reboot, reboot. Re- why? Yes! Reboot, they did. reboot. They did. But yeah, for they real got, this time. But, like, but better. <laughs> um, no. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you want to reboot a show about two cats who own a junkyard who make a goddamn jet out of all the junk in their yard? And then fight crime. What? What? I mean, what can the Smurfs do that? No. I mean, they, they We don't honestly know if they can fight crime, but can't the Snorks do that? This. I mean, Snorks. Do you remember the Snorks? Yeah, they were like the underwater uh, Smurfs. Yeah. That's going way back, though. That's like you know what I want to see. I want to see a gritty reboot of Fraggle Rock. Ooh, I want to see a live-action HBO remake of. Fraggle Rock. That's what I want to see. <laughs> really, I really dark, though. Demand it, Warner Brothers. I a, uh, demand a, it. How about a noir jabber jaw? A jaw. <laughs> like <laughs> live action noir jabber jaw, and I want an actual great white shark to play jabber jaw. You we know what do I it. want? They've done it with King Shark. I want a reboot. Of bananas in pajamas, but instead of 
being a show for kids. I want it to follow the lives and actions of the Chicago Rivers. I w- okay, oh all right. Pajamas. I was hoping oh. for something like uh, the big comfy couch, but make it more Law and Order SVU. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> dun dun. Molly, that's the we big need your couch. Molly, what happened on that couch? Oh my god, it's time to stretch. <laughs> or you, you know what else would be a really good one? Oh, I lost. What was it? Um, oh, he had it in his head. It sounded I, good. I did. The tip of your tongue, the tongue in your teeth. Oh, the, the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. Fuck, he lost it. If you right. if you remember it, we'll get back to it. But yeah, let's not get too far down <laughs> this rabbit hole. This feels like a good spot to pick back up on. Uh, this should be a the, bonus the symbiote. I talk. think we're gonna do a wacky Wednesday podcast where we deep dive into things we'd like to see that are for children in live action, very dark remakes. Yeah, so that's yeah, let's save that a dark <laughs> version. I remember now the dark okay. version and the. Back alley history of McDonald and Friends. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to. I want to see. Lore. Lore. Nope, I got it. CSI okay. Ducktales. If I could do the Donald voice right now, I would. <laughs> you don't want to see Duckburg in CSI live action? I mean, <sighs> woo. Why would you? Why would you ruin perfection already? Oh come on! Don't be that guy. I mean, mean, we did already have Darkwing Duck. I was going to say they already already had. Yeah, that wasn't dark enough. It's a Disney show. It's in the title, (laughs) Darkwing Duck. We've already did did have a conversation last week about uh, who we love to see as a Disney princess, even though they're currently a Disney princess now. Donald Duck. Donald what? what alien queen the alien queen clinger from mash daffy duck dr frankenfurter is now considered disney princess i think amazing i didn't realize that yeah there's so many things that fox owned okay all right let's okay. let's all get right. let's right. get into the let's, nitty let's let's get on this because it it did turn out to be much longer than i expected it to be i was writing this morning i was like okay i'm gonna be done in like half an hour half an hour past oh uh maybe 20 more minutes okay Oh, oh God! It's still going, and I like I ended up like just getting up and going to work when I finished because I I just ran out of time. But uh, I did finish. Don't you have? Homework? I don't have a script. That's fine. It, well, that's because this one's me. He's um, he's mostly in charge of yeah. this this episode, whereas I'm mostly in charge of the Stargate. I usually yeah. just feed off of what he says. So yeah, just feel free to jump in. It's all ad lib. Uh, uh, so the recap from uh, last week. We got Eddie and Dylan are pursued through a dimensional gateway by virus to a universe dominated by symbiotes and their overlord Codex, a.k.a. Dylan Brock of Earth 1051, helped by 1051's Venom and weighing Peter Parker, Deadpool, Carnage, and Reed Richards. Eddie and Dylan confront the and free Codex of his villainy darkness and free the citizens of 1051 from a symbiote-dominated world. After a year of living as a family with 1051's weighing, Eddie and Dylan decide to return home to 616, only to be confronted by a pitch black sky and symbiote dragons attacking the planet. 
Now, what kind of dragons are we talking about here? Are we like ice dragons? Are we talking like We're Game talking of Thrones dragons? Or like full-ass dragons made of venom stuff? Puff the magic dragon? Well, like Chinese dragons? I was under the impression that they looked like Chinese dragons. No, they, they're more like the, the Western-style dragon. You know, four oh, legs, that's wings. That's depressing. Uh, what's wanna... that movie? Oh, fuck. Uh, 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 Braveheart. Yes! Uh, yes. Braveheart no. was a good movie. With Sean yeah. The one with Will Wallace? Sean, Sean Connery. No, Braveheart was... Connery. Wait, no, Dragonheart. Oh, that was Dragonheart! Dragonheart. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh. We got there in the end, but how do you guys have viewers? Uh, well, I mean, you don't watch oh. a podcast. You don't know that. Uh, what if I'm blind? Uh, uh, if you're imagining me If you're as blind, you can large... still hear us. What if... Uh, imagine the dragon as a a large fat man wearing a diaper and really tiny wings. That's what we're talking about. So Kevin on the weekends, we're good. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. What I do in my personal time is none of their business. Hey, hey, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> uh, after stashing Dylan, Eddie contacts Tony Stark <laughs> and lets him know he is going to try and stall attack Null. Give the Avengers time to come up with a solution. During the confrontation, Null removes and absorbs Venom, then tosses Eddie to the street below. In critical condition after being saved by Spider-Man, Peter Parker, uh, Mr. Fantastic tries to save Eddie with a sample of one of Null's symbiotes, only for it to try and kill him until Dylan annihilates the symbiote. Too late to save Eddie, who dies. So, is that uh, dies question mark or is it just No, he's straight dead. I mean he dead. He is D E D dead. <laughs> dead. Dead. Uh <laughs> Deader than the doornail. I did take a Deader note than from, your father's uh, penis you on Sundays. last week, Kevin. I'm sorry. Uh, cool. I did take a note from you from last week. What uh, was that? So we're just going to point out a few of the major characters. Oh uh, yeah. That way. Uh, you know what's going on. Yeah, good idea. Okay, so it was nice talking to everyone. See you later. Hopefully next week I'll stay for a whole episode. It was good good to have you. Thanks for helping us out with the uh, Rock and Stone Set the Tone. All right, Rock and Tone Set the Stone. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Something like that. (laughs) All right. All right. right. Uh, Major characters. So uh, you got Eddie Brock, who is Venom. Is the main character of the arc of King in Black. Uh, you got Reed, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, you know, the Fantastic Four. Uh, brilliant scientific mind and uh, one of the major heroes of the Marvel Universe. Generally known for his science antics, but is able to also stretch his body in fantastic ways. Don't think about it that way, Kevin. You dirty, dirty, dirty boy. Don't, uh, don't take me don't take my only pleasures away. <laughs> Dylan Brock, Eddie Brock's son. And we have Null, God of the Void, a mostly skeletal dude, uh, with uh, very thin parchment style skin that uh makes him look kinda like a vampire. He looks like a vampire wearing uh uh like armor that looks like uh a symbiote. Oh, uh, like a vampire symbiote, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Tony Stark, 
and uh, then there are other major heroes like Namor, uh, the Avengers, Captain America, uh, Black Panther. You have X-Men like Storm and Cyclops, uh, The Thing, and uh, several others. Uh, but they are not main characters, so they're just kind of there. Okay. I'm on board. They're all continue. They're also notable side stories we talked about last time. So we got Thunderbolts, yeah, which sets up the Devil's Reign event uh, eventually. Now, who, who are the Thunderbolts? Like... I'm not familiar with that one. So uh, originally, the Thunderbolts were like a criminal team led by uh, Baron Zemo, uh, but recently, uh, during the like New Avengers, Avengers disassembled that time period. Maybe a bit after that. Uh, they become like a government team where they are led by a hero, but most of the members are villains. So think like Suicide Squad kind of, mm. but there's less chance for them to definitely be killed. Yeah. Uh, the, the Thunderbolt series where Luke Cage is the um, head of that program is amazing. Highly recommend it. Uh, there's, King in Black, Namor 1 through 5, which sets up Namor eventually uh, adding into the Avengers. Uh, it doesn't have so much to do with King in Black, so I wouldn't necessarily read it in conjunction with this event because it's not super relevant. Um, but it is good on its own thing. Return of the Valkyries, King in Black, which sets up Jane Foster uh, becoming Valkyrie. And then uh, Planet of the Symbiotes, which reveals the status of many non-mainline mainline symbiotes like Toxin. Okay, so we're going to dive right back in. So where we left off, uh, Sue Richards and Blade are struggling to hold off symbiotes while Reed asks Spider-Man and Wolverine to help Dylan turn the tide against Null after witnessing his annihilation of the symbiote uh, attached to Eddie Brock. At first successful, Dylan frees Captain America, but Null finds out where he is, and as he's about to reach and absorb Dylan, Thor finally arrives back on Earth. Fuck yeah, Thor! Hell yeah, it's a pretty cool cell, too. Uh, now this is the regular Thor, this is the th- regular Thor, not like the mighty Thor or anything like that, right? Yeah, just the, the, the current Thor in the, the universe at the time. Good, good. Um, he wasn't King Thor or anything at the moment. Got it. King uh, Thor being the yeah. older version of Thor? Yes. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that in that uh, Thor God of Thunder series. Yeah. Uh, Thor is... I'm not sure what's going on with Thor right now, but I know that there's supposed to be a major uh, crossover with um, Venom in Thor 27, which I think is coming out. Now let me ask you this question for the hoes at home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the... Thor, like, has has an Asgardian ever interacted with a symbiote in the in like as being taken as a host or something like that? That's, what um, that's a good question. To your knowledge, um, I, I should say you don't really have to look. I up. believe that it happened in one of the earlier Venom events. Um, I don't think it was for like any prolonged period of time. So it was like a one-off, kind of like the Silver Surfer ended up having a one-off with Carnage? Um, yes, actually, I will find out later that the Silver Surfer has more than one uh, interaction with symbiotes. Oh, cool, cool. cool. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's not going to be a thing like 
um, you know, Eddie Brock or Cletus Cassidy, where they're permanently bonded to a symbiote for a long period of time. Nice. That I know of. So Thor, Thor is finally back on Earth. Thor and Dylan are about to release other heroes from the symbiotes and even are able to gain the upper hand until Null calls in his symbiote Celestials. What? Yes. So uh, Null has captured two Celestials with his symbiote army, and they're under his direct control, as Holy most shit. symbiotes are. You know, Thor pretty much has him not cornered, but he's definitely not in a good position. So they, they start uh, coming in. They're freaking out because they're freaking Celestials. And Null takes this opportunity uh, to stab a distracted Thor in the back with his all-black sword. Yes. Yes. The suspense uh, seemingly... is killing me. <laughs> oh, uh, seemingly uh, defeated. Uh, Thor is, you know, wounded until um, we see Iron Man arriving with his uh, extremist-enhanced symbiote. He has like a, a part of it functioning like a dragon. He's riding a dragon in his uh, like gray and gold um, extremist symbiote suit. The extreme uh, he's beat able to extreme beat. Yeah, sure. Well, I think that. that's, that's what it's cool. actually called. But anyway, I don't think they actually refer to it like that in oh. these books. So oh. they might later, but no, not. You're right. Not you're right. I think that's just someone. Someone called it that. I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking at the picture that you're talking about, the one yes. where um, you can see Iron Man riding a gigantic freaking dragon-like creature. Yeah, it's super cool. It is. It's, it's a, this these books in general have really good um, artwork. They're really really interesting to look at. These are amazing art pieces of artwork. Yes, um, uh, they're they're relatively brief for like this type of event. But um, I think you get you get so much information from the cells that it's really like not an issue. The two celestials also covered in. I mean, it's hard to tell what what would you call those veins, symbiote veins. It's like that's what yeah, they're... it would be like channels of of symbiote. Yeah, stuff. they're like covered in them, mm-hmm. and it is that's a great picture. It's a, it's a really like well drawn image. Mm. And um, one of the Celestials that is controlled is Arishem, the one what? that you see in uh, Eternals. Oh, shit. Uh, Tony is able to guess, take control. I gotta say something. I guess that, yeah, really, yeah. that really speaks to the power of Null at this point. How powerful he truly is. Because if, if he can maintain a symbiote army that are completely in his control... And maintain control over two Celestials at the same time. That dude is is pretty, uh, I, I wouldn't say omnipotent, but he's damn close. Yeah, it's it's a clear example of like the, the power he wields through the symbiotes. Yeah. Although, you could argue that it's not really the power he wields through the symbiotes. It's the symbiotes that wield the power from him. But let's not get into semantics here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tony Tony is uh, coming to attempt to override one of the Celestials with his symbiote. 
Uh, so, like, <laughs> it's so fucking cool. Uh, Thor's fighting Null. Tony's using the extremist symbiote to absorb and control Celestial to rock'em sock'em. Just as Dylan is about to be taken by Null, the Silver Surfer is shown traveling to Earth after being summoned by uh, Hunan and Munin, uh, which were sent by Thor. So Hunan and Munin are the two crows that are often seen as um, Odin's familiars. And a familiar for those who do aren't aware. Uh, a familiar would be a like animal companion. Uh, in some cases, they are like a, a mystical being. Uh, like very, uh, very similar to what witches would call their familiar. They yeah. usually have a like a black cat, like a spirit of some sort. That's or a spirit in, that's being well. That is shaped like that, an animal. Yeah, inhabit usually. some sort of common shaped body. Yes, there you go. Uh, so while this is happening, uh, we find out that Eddie is not, I don't know, spiritually or consciously dead. His body is dead. Like his physical body is dead. Uh, but his consciousness lives in the Clintar hive mind. So during this time, Eddie meets up with former symbiote hosts, Flash Thompson and Lee Price in the hive. They're in kind of like a, a purgatory area where a lot of the like codexes are so like non-symbiote hosts so they're all the the people that the hosts are that host symbiotes but they are able to pass into the main hive mind when a large portal forms during the fight when dylan and thor are freeing hosts from their symbiotes so this is all kind of happening at the same time so this is like a simultaneous kind of uh, event Yes. Gotcha. Uh, when they arrive in the main hive mind, they discover several symbiotes who are being held captive due to their attempts to separate from the hive. So they've been in some way severed from the hive mind, but they're being held captive within it by Null himself. So uh, Flash suggests freeing and bonding to the imprisoned symbiotes after Eddie reveals what happened with Carnage, Cletus Cassidy in absolute Carnage. Uh, where he is essentially able to come back from the dead uh, with his symbiote and uh, Grendel. Uh, Eddie objects, but ultimately Flash chooses to go forward with his plan, is able to seize a symbiote dragon, which now shows the anti-venom white and black scheme. With Flash in control in the real world, he makes his way to the graveyard he is buried in and melds with his bones, being reborn at the end of the King in Black series. This is Dylan. Uh, no, this is Flash Thompson. Oh, sorry. You yeah, said so so Flash there was Thompson. a lot going on there, and I kind of got distracted. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Dylan is, is still in, in the part where they're trying to free heroes from their symbiotes mm. um, while this is happening. Um, but yeah, Flash Thompson is able to uh, get out of the uh, hive mind and uh, reform his body using uh, the symbiote that he bonded with. I don't even know what to say that, to that. That's just... It opens a lot of possibilities, and we do see um, some stuff that kind of ties back into this uh, after King in Black. Okay, so we are back <laughs> in the real world. Okay. So Dylan strikes back. Null, thinking he is one, approaches Dylan, saying, join me or watch the universe die, reaches out to Dylan, who harnesses as much power as he can to push uh, his symbiote killing power to free as many heroes as he can, resulting in 
Dr. Strange, Cyclops, Sue Richards, Human Torch, and other being freed as their symbiote, symbiotes. Symbiotes. They're really involved with Null. They really like Null. They're uh, also a fan of OnlyFans. That's right. Because they're symbiotes. Um, symbiotes. Uh, they they simply dissolve, is what they do. Ah. Uh, as Dylan grabs Null's hand and forces his power upon him, uh, you literally see the, the symbiotes evaporate off of these heroes. Um, Doctor oh. Strange summons extended power, so he grabs this staff from Black Cat and like transforms into like this whole other outfit and the staff like doubles and he's wielding this like green magic. It's really it's a it's a cool picture. You should definitely grab the the collection of the main books. Oh, okay. This is for the King in Black event. Yes. Um so while Cyclops, Sue and Human Torch unleash the full extent of their powers on the symbiotes around them. Namor arrives with Charles and uses his trident to summon a tsunami. I only wrote Charles. I mean Charles Xavier. So, <laughs> Professor X. You couldn't have gone with Prof X or something. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm i sure I meant to write Charles apparently, Xavier. Apparently, everyone, he's on a so first-name basis. Yeah, uh, me and Professor Charles. Professor Charles were... Xavier. Get the head out of your ass. Come on. <laughs> so... Neymar uses his trident to summon a tsunami known to mostly submerge the area of New York City they're in. Uh, bolstered by the powerful attack storm and Thor channel. Remember, Neymar's not uh, happy about any of this. I'm pretty sure um, damage control is, is going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> okay. uh, lightning, lightning to destroy as many symbiotes as they can, which is a lot. They they do. They destroy a lot. by Dylan. Not enough, because it's null we're talking about. And frankly, like even in the, like the images you see here, there's just a fucking fuck ton of them. So they, it, they would honestly, he would honestly have to destroy all of the symbiotes and somehow can get null immobilized or neutralized in some way. Because you ain't gonna kill him. You gotta find a way to neutralize him. And once you've neutralized cool. him, then symbiotes are pretty much not a problem at that point. We are we are getting there. Oh, so oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm hey skipping. It's, it's all right. Go ahead. It's, Go ahead. Freed by Dylan, Jean Grey attempts to unleash her full power to submit Null to her will. To find there's nothing to submit, only darkness. Hot. But she does find that he is not the embodiment of the void. He is not uh, a primordial force. He is only born of it. He is not. And there's an opposite Fifty to his Shades darkness. Of a symbiote of light, a force that has opposed Null throughout the eons, and that it is already here, but trapped outside of the symbiote shell. Boys. Yeah. So uh, at this point, you know, it kind of looks like Null is going to poop him, because he he does hear Jean Grey say that the the opposite force to him has arrived at Earth. I'm sorry, did you say that Null's going to poops them out? Uh no he 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 look you know like you know when you're wearing like an adult diaper and you're like ah, I pooped him I can't say this ever happened to me don't lie Kevin I can't re- relate to any of this mm-hmm. <laughs> sure <You laughs> but son of a bitch. Uh, he is he is he is not happy all right uh so Norinrad the Silver Surfer 
and uh, the Enigma Force. Having recently fought Null while displaced in time, Silver Surfer has been infected by a symbiote and cured of that control by Ego, the living planet. Surfer is able to defeat Null but must return to his time, so he he fights Null and beats him, but it doesn't really matter because it was like way off in another time. And obviously can't kill him, so he just, you know, comes back. Uh, but that was a a storyline for Silver Surfer uh, earlier in 2019. Nice. Uh, the Black Surfer arrives at Earth and witnesses as a brilliant light smashes fruitlessly against the shell. Having the power of symbiote, Red is able to slice through the shell of the sphere and bring the Shining Force down to Earth's surface, where he realizes the light is not there to bond with him. Uh, and as Reed Richard realizes what the force is, it explodes into the room and bonds with Eddie Brock, choosing him as the next Captain Universe. We're getting back to this Captain Universe bullshit again. Yeah, Captain Universe, the Enigma Force, uh, has existed in the Marvel Universe for a long time, uh, at least since the 70s. Um, I believe it came in to uh, existence in a (laughs) comic book called Micronauts. Micronauts number eight is uh, what I found. That's nice. Uh, So we're not going to talk about the origin of Enigma Force, but it is uh, a, a major, major... Uh, force in the Marvel universe, uh, and as this event shows us, is the uh, yin to the yang of Null. So, okay. Uh, okay. Surfer confronts Null, transforming his board into a blade. But as he begins to fight, uh, reborn Eddie Brock, as Venom Universe or Cosmic Venom, arrives, summoning Mjolnir. And Surfer's board to him. Cosmic Venom forms a massive double-bladed axe of light and eviscerates all symbiote dragons in the area. Null attempts to counter Cosmic Venom with his current all-black blade, only for Cosmic Venom to turn it aside like a pool noodle. He grabs it like hmm. with his his hand, like his palm and his thumb, and is just like, nope. No, thank you. In a reversal of roles, Cosmic Venom uses the Enigma Axe to destroy Null's symbiote armor, and he drops Null off a building onto cars, just like Null did to him. Null's wounded. He reminds Eddie that even if he wins, Dylan will always have the darkness in him and that he will never be free regardless of what happens to him. Eddie being like... It it, it really (laughs) is. Eddie is, like, super nonplussed about it. So he flies Null into the heart of the freaking sun and watches him eva- evaporate. So Null is dead. So, or is he? Question. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's the comic book. So <laughs> he, he probably is going to come back at some point. But he did evaporate in the heart of a star. So if anything, it might just be a been... minute. He's he's been evaporated like the uh, like Doctor Manhattan can pull himself apart. Yeah, his particles are there. He just has to put them back together. Yeah, think like um, a vampire in the sun, just like whoosh. Except they're not coming back from that. It's gonna take a lot to bring him back. Uh, with Null gone, Cosmic Venom returns to Earth to reunite with Dylan, 
where he uses the Enigma Force to remove what appears to be a deep red symbiote from Dylan. With Null dead and Dylan cured, the Enigma Force leaves Eddie and Mjolnir and the Surfer's Board return to their owners. So you made you made reference to the deep red color. Uh, mm-hmm. may, it may seem like that's very important. Is there something to do with color that uh, the symbiote? Um, they they don't talk about it a lot, and like I couldn't find anything very specific about it. But uh, the only symbiotes that you really see have any degree of color are uh, Carnage, and then the symbiotes born from Venom like uh, uh, Lasher, uh, Riot, Phage, Agony, Scream, uh, Sleeper, the symbiotes born of Carnage. Um, I mean, I I would assume that there would be more, but honestly, in this event, you only see uh, black symbiotes. Nice. Just like they have no personalities. Yeah, I, I assume that it it's something tied to exactly that, that they're not allowed to have a personality outside of the control of Null. So, uh, But that doesn't really explain why Venom is black, too. I mean, I understand why Carnage yeah. is red. It's because he infected Cletus's blood more so yeah. than took him over. It doesn't really explain like how Lasher is like green and Scream is yellow and Phage is like orange. Like not not much that I've found that really talks too much about it. I thought I would ask. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay. So with Null dead and Eddie resurrected, Eddie can now hear the entire Clintar hive mind as they rejoice in their freedom from Null. And Eddie realizes he is now god of the symbiotes, the king in black. What? What? Pew, 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 what pew. you're saying is that we were misled to believe that Null was the king in black. It was right. Eddie the whole time. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Is that where they are right now? Oh, there is uh, two more pages of stuff. You son of a bitch. I know, I know. You son of a bitch, you tricked but, me again. But after this, we'll be caught up. I'm right. ready, go. So uh, after The King in Black, um, we see the end of the current Venom run with issue number 200. Uh, this issue marks the end of the current Donny Cates Venom run. Uh, we now see Eddie functioning as the god slash director of the Clintar using uh, Carnage's Spire Throne from Absolute Carnage, um, which has been relocated to his <laughs> apartment. At his apartment? Yeah. Nice. Uh, the effort has not been kind to Eddie as he has shown frail and aged while trying to keep track of and uh, bond with Dylan. Um, so this is definitely taking place, like, maybe not a long time after but uh, at least you know a couple weeks, months after. Eddie is much more focused on using the Clintar as a force for cosmic good and spends most of his time tapped into the hive mind. So he's literally like directing these beings on a universal level. And you see the effort uh, has got to be extreme, extremely hard. Yeah. And you see at least one mission where he is uh, directly interfacing with symbiotes in space. So 
Uh, he's literally like doing individual missions with uh, symbiotes out there in space, trying to do some good. Uh, after like they literally like fucked up a good chunk of the universe. Oh, damn! On their way to Earth. So uh, that's pretty much where Venom leaves off for a little bit. That's where Extreme Carnage starts. So we see the return of Carnage. Voice. Uh, at the end of Venom Island, we see what's left of Carnage bonding to a shark that is torn apart and sinks into the unnumbed depths of the ocean. In the beginning of Extreme Carnage Alpha, the small remnant of Carnage bonds with a fish, then a shark, and then some dude on a beach, and eventually it makes its way to New York City. Oh, where Carnage of is somehow <laughs> able to summon Flash Thompson subconscious to a car Carnage is driving. Uh, so we have to like kind of review that Carnage has seen some serious changes and augmentations in recent storylines, including gaining some degree of mystical powers from the Darkhold, thanks to some crazy-ass cultists led by Carnage's spawn, Scorn, Dr. Tannis, Neves. Uh, Anti-Venom Thompson follows clues that lead him to believe that Carnage plans to attack anti-alien advocate Senator Peter Crane, but is ultimately forced into changing into Anti-Venom by Carnage in the crowd of Crane's anti-alien rally, causing a panic that Thompson flees from and results in Thompson believing Crane is Carnage. Holy shit. Yes. And so this is like uh, taking kind of a, a back from the more recent events like uh, Absolute Carnage, King of Black, where it's like massive global uh, things that are, you know, horrifying. Um, and really, like, dials it into, like, individual events. Uh, it's really, like, more intimate the way things work in this series. Yeah. It's uh, only eight books. So it's it's definitely a good one to pick up. Extreme Carnage. You can read the case. whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we get some reintroduction to the Life Foundation symbiotes. Uh, during the events of Extreme Carnage, we see Riot, Lasher, Phage, Scream, Agony and Toxin as Carnage calls out to them through a hive mind connection and has mixed results as the symbiotes generally don't like Carnage. However, only some of them are able to resist the pull with most notably Toxin Scream and Antivenom uh, separating themselves from Carnage. Uh, so we all know that these are all spawn of Venom. So Carnage and all the Life Foundation symbiotes are all Venom's children. Yep. With Toxin being Carnage's uh, spawn. Who's uh, more hero and, than, than anything. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to exactly how Toxin feels about Carnage pretty quick. <laughs> uh, Scream host Andy Bentonio is controlled by the call of Carnage as the Scream symbiote won't turn away from family and is killing Alchemax guardsmen until Bentonio taps into her Hellfire mark burning the symbiote away seemingly for good. Nice. Antonio receives the Hellmark when she bonded with the Mania symbiote as a member of the Agent Venom team. So think... Um, there's a whole team? Yeah. Uh, there's a whole team. That whole arc has like a whole bunch of people that uh, bond with Venom or uh, 
Mania, which is like a clone of Venom uh, made from a piece of Venom himself. But she gets the Hellfire uh, mark from that. I have to, and, I have to uh, point out the fact to everyone who's not really uh, familiar with comic books as much as you, you'd hope to yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. That this is the shit we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So they like now the, I could get... go into like Damien Hellstrom, which is like a, a mystical character that we've actually seen already in the Marvel universe. We're talking um, I, like this is this is what this is what happens when you exist for decades on decades and decades. Yes, and, and this you, story isn't even that old. the The Andy Bentonio story is, I think, twenty seven, uh, two thousand seven. Yeah, but I I just want to convey to people that that the longer you have a character around, the more shit you've got to come up with, and sometimes it gets convoluted like this. Yeah, I'm not saying this is going to be a bad story. I'm saying it's probably a very good story, and anything with Carnage, in my opinion, is probably going to be badass. What I am saying is, at some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, do you think this was a good idea? The the main issue I really have with this series isn't even, like, what's in there, how it's written, what happens, because it's all fairly uh, contained. So, like, uh, even though there's, like, a lot of stuff going on and they're talking about, like, you know, politics of the the marvel universe in 616 uh it's small it's a small story um my my issue with this uh particular arc is actually that they change art team from book to book so there's a different art team on each book in this series and like some of them really great really good really clean and then some of them are like i i don't want to say amateur but like did not as good the quality is not as good. That's really surprising that they would switch. There's one or two that are really, like, I think, personally, they personally disappointed me. That's not easy to do with things like yeah. this. Yeah, and, like, for, for a company, like, this big to, to like, okay some of that stuff, I just, like, I, I feel like the choice to go with a different art team for every book was just a bad choice in general. I mean, if you switch midway through a series, it seems kind of stupid because you lose continuity when you switch artists. Yes. Just like you lose um, continuity when you switch And you do you actually writers. see that in one of the middle books. The way they draw um, Andy Bentonio is completely different than they drew it in earlier books. So the question of whether that artist went back and had access to the earlier book's images saw those things, uh, was making decisions based on the original drawings is questionable. I, I gotta say, it, just, it, it, it was, un, it's unpleasant. And I don't <laughs> like that particular issue. It was hurt. It um, was hurting. And it's not, it's not the story. It's the artwork. All right. <laughs> so a little tangent there. Scream and Bentonio bonded during the events of Absolute Carnage. So uh, in the next issue, Carnage calls out to Phage, who is inhabiting a hunting dog. Phage turns on the dog's master, tearing them apart and makes its way to Ulcamax, where Andy has been contained by the guardsmen. After seeing news that Andy had been arrested, he make, uh, Thompson, Flash Thompson, and makes his way <laughs> to Ulcamax. You know what really gets me about the Flash Thompson thing is that the Flash Thompson from the Sam Raidy 
Sam Raimi Spider-Man mm-hmm. is this tall white guy who's a total douche slash Chad. Um, although Chad's a good thing now, whatever. Anyway, he's a total douche slash Keith. And in the new ones, he's actually more likable, and he's but he's really short, and he's is he Indian, Pakistani? I, I'm not uh, certain that I, actor. I don't know if they've actually like commented on exactly what his background would be. I assume his ethnicity would be the same as the actor himself in this case. Yeah, unless they say otherwise. Movie. Unless they yeah, unless they mention otherwise. Yeah, but he's he's just kind of like a, it, an annoying knob in in the current ones, whereas he was like a, uh, physically abusive. I would say. In the, I would say future uh, wife beater, in the uh, previous I, version. I believe they actually do, um, like explore like you know, Flash's life a little bit in that series, but I didn't read Agent Venom. That was before I started uh, getting back into uh, the Venom books. Uh, but but that's definitely one I can pick up eventually. Oh, damn. He's of Guatemalan descent. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Guatemalan Flash Thompson. So Flash Thompson arrives Oscar as Sage also, is uh, tearing his way into Bentonio's cell. I don't know if you heard me then on that one. No, no. What do you say? Oscar Isaac is also Guatemalan, if you didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, we can also talk about Moon Knight once we get through this, because I, I very much want to talk about Moon Knight at least a little bit. <laughs> like what, what's going on so far? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, okay. So, Phage is tearing his way into Bentonio's cell. Uh, despite her Hellfire powers and Anti-Venom's attempts, uh, Phage mortally wounds Bentonio calling her a traitor for destroying Scream, or so we think as uh, we had just found out, Alchemax scientists isolated what was left in her bloodstream just before Phage had arrived. The next issue sees Carnage calling out to Lasher, who is bonded to a terminal nursing home patient. Lasher attempts to block Carnage out, but his host gives in to Carnage's constant goading resulting in a path of slaughter as Lasher makes his way into Washington, D.C. During Lasher's big day out, Anti-Venom is desperately trying to save Bentonio by bringing her to Dr. Stevens in the Alchemax labs. When he arrives, he finds out Steven has, Stevens has already created a hybrid using what was left of Scream and part of Anti-Venom. With the last bit of strength, Bentonio grabs the container and smashes it onto the ground, releasing the new symbiote which is silence. That's a really cool moment. I have to say, like, probably one of the uh, best images from this arc. Uh, it's just, like, the the way it, like, uh, is shown bonding to her, and uh, the result is is really cool. Uh, this, uh, this is silence bonding to who? Uh, a- Andy Bintonio. Oh, okay. So, yes, yes. So it's, it's, it's bonding with her and, and healing her mortal wound. Uh, seemingly instantly recovered, Silence, Bentonio seeks out Phage and disconnects him from the hive, pushing him out a window, killing his host, but bonding to a nearby dog. He escapes. Lasher arrives at the Lincoln Monument and disposes of the now deceased man he inhabited. Uh, we also see a child of a guardsman. Uh, so there's a, a a couple images of a child of a guardsman kind of like waiting on his dad to come home, watching TV when the TV changes 
to show what's going on with the symbiotes at uh, the Alchemax labs. Um, we find out that this child is actually the host of Toxin, who uh, emerges and uh, rushes out of his home to uh, find and save his father. Uh, with a moment to breathe, Andy Dope. and Flash discuss what happened at Alchemax and what silence did to Phage. Andy finds out not only can she sever the connection to the Clintar Hive, she isn't even part of it. What? Also, yeah. Uh, so that's a really big like reveal. And um, honestly, you don't see much of these symbiotes after this event, which I was super disappointed in. But maybe they have other stuff coming up, which they probably do. So uh, I'll say I have to say this issue is annoying. This is the issue that, that annoys me with the art. So like, it's just like really this particular issue is the one that is just not great. Yeah. Um. So like, I think you have to read this issue to like know what's going on. But um, I would say like read it, move on. Um, You're just pissed about the art, really. I am. I am. I'm really annoyed that uh, <laughs> they didn't have like a, even even a consistent uh, tone to the artwork between books, because this one is definitely more like loose. It's loose. The artwork is loose. Coloration is much different from the other ones. Uh, Andy Bentonio looks very different from her other depictions. In the books, what about the writing? Uh, just like the book the before, in the book after, and like what about it, the it's... writing though? Has it remained consistent? Yeah, the writing was fine. Don't it, it, don't do that. Don't it, just be like it, it's this fine. Issue, this issue is probably the least important issue. Okay, but it has some of the more interesting things that could have been brought out of it, like you know, silence not being a part of the hive. This issue also shows Riot being. Uh, contacted and controlled by Carnage as he commands Riot to find a stronger host uh, through murdering a boss full of people. Uh, Flash's <laughs> ally, Hank... <laughs> oh, full of people. <laughs> it, it was a very full bus. And uh, now Riot's very full. So Flash's ally, Hank, has agreed to help and has become one of the security detail for Senator Peter Crane. While testing her new powers, Andy stumbles onto a thread in the void and follows it pulling on it as she gets closer finding toxin at the end so when they find toxin he has just finished confronting carnage in the void ultimately coming uh out on top through sheer willpower and hatred for carnage so there's a, a long a long couple pages where uh it's carnage and toxin in the void and it really looks like carnage has the upper hand only to have uh, Toxin essentially banish him uh, from his like uh, void hive mind space, uh, and it's like it, it, it's like no, dude, I hate that guy. Is essentially what what it ends up being like. Uh, so okay. after meeting up, Silence, Toxin, and Anti Venom agree to work together to stop Carnage, Crane, and head towards DC. Uh, the agony issue opens on Crane's campaign for Friends of Humanity and a staffer working there who turns out to be the host for Agony and friend of Peter Crane's son, Arthur. Later in her apartment, the host is admiring assorted body parts being hung as decorations. 
uh, when Carnage invades her mind only to be confronted with a no outside business hours lecture. She straight up lectures Carnage about uh, not contacting her outside of business hours. Outside of, oh my god. Yeah, so they, they have been working together. Uh, Carnage pulls in all the symbiotes mentioned so far, excluded uh, anti-venom, venom, sleeper, silence, and toxin, but including not shown uh, scorn and mania or maybe rays um, at a bar in the void where uh, Carnage is depicted as the bartender. While Carnage is talking, Silence attempts to listen in as she stumbled onto uh, Agony's trail earlier in the day, but is found out. So Carnage knows that they know. They rush to the rally. Uh, The president is planned to speak at with Peter Crane, but are called off by Hank, finding out the senator isn't Carnage. His son, Arthur, is. And Peter Crane himself is Carnage's target. Holy crap. Uh, during the call, Riot impales Hank and hangs up. And that leads us to the last issue of this arc, uh, Extreme Carnage Omega. So with the plan known and Hank down, we think everything's coming up Carnage. However, it's just as up. Riot goes to leave, Hank rises as Sleeper, forms around him, and he decapitates Riot and its host. What were you saying there, Kev? Nothing, I was laughing at what you said. Everything's yes, yeah. coming up, Carnage. I guess, honestly see him weird. in a window pane saying something like that with his two thumbs pointing at himself. I could. He doesn't, but he could. I could see it. I could see it. <laughs> so Sleeper, uh, as we know, is um, a symbiote that was born at the same time as the Life Foundation symbiotes, but not actually removed from Venom himself until much later at uh, Alchemax. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so Sleeper uh, secretly was bonded to Hank. Um, so Hank is recovering, but unaware he is being piloted by a symbiote. As this is happening, Crane is addressing a very large crowd attending the Friends of Humanity rally. Crane announces his son, but is pierced by Carnage and summarily ripped into Wayne. Like, um, if you, if if you know how bloody Carnage comic books can be. The books up to this point have not been clean of like gore and viscera and blood, but yes. this moment in particular is supremely violent. Like it literally shows him like like body parts exploding outwards. So it's pretty gross, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Carnage announces his intent to slaughter every last. Att- Tendi and Lasher, Phage, Agony, Scorn, and maybe Rays. It's hard to tell because they don't really, like, they're in the distance. You can see them, but they're not mentioned or talked about in any way. Begin attacking attendees, creating chaos and bloodshed. Anti-Venom and their team of symbiotes begin striking back against the Carnage-controlled symbiotes and are succeeding until Carnage jumps in the fray. And just on time, Tony, with his extremist symbiote suit, begins attacking Carnage and is winning uh, until Carnage is able to remove Tony's symbiote suit and combines with the extremist suit to form a dragon and flees. We find out Carnage was A dragon and something? What was that? 
No, no. Carnage forms a dragon with his symbiote and the extremist symbiote. Oh, okay. So he absorbs the extremist symbiote and turns into a dragon and flies away. Dick. Yeah, he's like, mm. oh, shit, this isn't going to work. And, like, just dips out. <laughs> uh, which is fairly standard carnage, you know. He's like, okay, I'm not going to win, so I'm not even going to continue to fight. Fuck you. So uh, we find out that Carnage was excited to work with Arthur Crane as he was not dissimilar to Cletus Cassidy, an abuser of animals and killer of weak and vulnerable. Crane only avoided prison because of his father. A large fleet of Alchemax guardsmen show up and pacify the remaining Life Foundation symbiotes. At the end, we see Dr. Stevens with six contained symbiotes. But he only lists three names when talking to uh, someone on the phone. Uh, And that's Riot, Lasher, and Phage. Agony is actually shown talking to Arthur Crane uh, in interrogation cell Mm -hmm. or something like that. So who are the last three? It could be Scorn. could be Malice. It could be Raze. could be uh, many other... uh, Earth-bound symbiotes, um, but we don't know uh, because they haven't mentioned them, and there hasn't been a comic book uh, featuring these symbiotes, as far as I know. You know, not true. If you know of one that's been uh, published since Extreme Carnage, please post it on our Twitter. I'd love to read it. Yes, please. Um, but there, this leads us to the ongoing uh, Venom series. This book focuses on Dylan Brock. It focuses on Eddie as uh, the king in black, but it does lead to Eddie into a timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly thing where he ascends from his body and travels to the far future where several other kings in black have been trapped for centuries in a symbiote garden near the end of time, or so we're told. Trippy. Uh, With one last parting message, uh, Eddie implores Dylan not to bond with Venom And while trying to meet up with Dylan, Eddie's body is destroyed in a firebombing, causing Dylan to go on the run. So we see uh, Eddie's body destroyed again. Also a moment where there are two Eddies. um, And we are not 100% certain on if they're both real, you know, if one's from the future, if one's uh, simply a symbiote impersonating uh, Eddie, uh, if it's, you know, some other timey-wimey stuff. Um, really, like, I think it's it's intentionally misleading. It's it's intentionally going with that whole trope of having two duplicates standing in front of you and you don't know which one is which. Yeah, it's kind of like that Spider-Man meme where, like, all three of them <laughs> are winning at each other. Yep. And you're like, I know one of you isn't Spider-Man, but who is it? Um, but that's that's basically where they are now. They haven't gone into a ton of detail on what exactly is going on with uh, Eddie and this group of symbiotes at the end of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know the the lead guy there who I honestly was too tired to write his name down uh, <laughs> uh, is is there and he's kind of like, well, yeah, we're all down here at the end of time. We're all fucked. We can't go home. Um, but it, it seems like he really has these like more sinister plans. So like pick picture the scene from Loki with all of those Lokis. Yeah. And one of them is clearly 
doing something sinister. Although, when you look at Loki, no matter what universe they're from, they're all looking sinister, especially the yeah. crocodile. Just imagine if Loki was more serious and more murdery. That that's pretty much what you got. Boom, drop boom, boom, uh, and then Dylan is. Uh, it's kind of detailing his experiences on the run and how he's kind of like having to deal with Venom, who uh, at this point is kind of acting like a father figure for him. Uh, it's really weird, uh, but it's like weird in the good way. So um, like really, 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 really interesting. Uh, he also has Sleeper there with him who is taking the form of a cat, uh, which is great. Love cats, uh, especially symbiote cats. cats. You're such a liar. You've got like a, a million cats. I've got four cats, and I hate all of them. See? There you go. They also uh, hate me, as it always is with cats. I mean, that's that's the contract. They are extremely intolerant pieces of shit. Uh, so, um, after that, that, cut that, cut, cut, cut it. Um, Carnage forever. So there's a one shot uh, Carnage anniversary issue. Um, where we get a collection of stories uh, featuring where Carnage finds and kills Hydro Man to steal his powers, which apparently is something he can do now. What? Uh, it seems to be a result of him merging with the extremist symbiote. Uh, I don't know more than that because it's only been that issue and then the more recent Carnage number one, 2022, written by Ram V, uh, titled In the Court of Crimson. In this issue, we follow a detective as he walks through a crime scene uh, they are attributing to a serial killer. As we are walked through uh, the details, the detectives argue if this is really the work of that killer. And as they talk, the body bursts open and butterflies swarm out of the inverted body and fluids drain to create a bloody spiral. Very reminiscent of absolute carnage and the symbol on Tony's head as he piloted the extremist symbiote hybrid. At this point, we pivot to the killer's point of view. He pontificates about the the beauty of the kill and how he attained his artistry. We finish on the scene where he is preparing his next plan, where Carnage climbs through the window, asking if those scenes were the killer calling him and why he should bother with him as if he even needed a host anymore. The book also contains a short story written by David Michelin, we know as one of the creators of Carnage. Yeah. I remember uh, that where, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a kid as St. Ellis tricks Carnage into killing some bullies at a lock and key juvenile detention facility uh, just for the sake of chaos. But at the end, he's like, haha, you did something good and I tricked you into doing it. And uh, Carnage's like, well, fuck you, but okay. And kind of like, fuck you. Oh, off, so. you got me. You yeah. Caught the tater. <laughs> it's basically like that. It's like, yeah, you got me. If I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. But uh, yeah, you got me. Uh, so that's that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more Carnage to come. Nice. There's more Venom to come. I very, 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 very much want there to be more of the other uh, symbiotes to come. So hopefully we get a whole bunch of stuff. But um, right now, the current event upcoming 
is going to be uh, Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternals. Oh, shit. Uh, and uh, a little insight into that. Uh, we are seeing a, a group of Eternals that are essentially indebted to uh, Thanos, who has now been named the Prime Eternal. Oh, crap. But we will leave that for a later date. And one last little thing. In a stunning return to comics for Marvel, we see Chris Claremont back for X-Men in a new Gambit series. Ooh, Gambit. I love Gambit. If you didn't know, Chris Claremont is the... Uh, longest running creator for X-Men with 17 years straight and is responsible for some of the most keystone moments in the X-Men series. That's dope. I mean, number one, Gambit's my my number one favorite from the X-Men 90 series. I love Gambit. His powers are like... Oh, they're like exactly what I would what I would have wanted when I was a kid because I was a sociopath. But that's neither here nor there. But Chris Claremont, that sounds really good. When did he uh, decide to come back? Or when was that announced? Uh, the article on Marvel was written at the end of 2021, so this is probably a, a arc that's going to be coming out uh, soonish, or maybe like the end of this year. Yeah, probably probably summer. Yeah, or something like that. After probably after Judgment Day, which is that uh, Avengers, X Men, Eternals. Oh, that sounds uh, good too. Happening. Oh God, I'm looking at the covers they have available on um, Marvel.com right now. Mm-hmm. They're so cool. They're so cool. Nice. Um, so Ryan, what are we planning for next week? So next week, we're going to take a break from deep diving into uh, Marvel Comics uh, to have a little showdown. We're going to showdown about uh, creating a movie franchise out of an independent comic book. So we're going to find a series uh, from one of uh, the uh, not Marvel, not DC uh, book publishers. Not one We're of the, going two, to, the two originals or something. So we can do anything but Marvel or DC. So boom, Dark Horse, um, uh, Image, Dynamite. There's Dynamite. a, a there's, whole bunch. There's a slew of, of not so not so well known comic book places. Yes. I got gotcha. you. So okay. All right. We're gonna create a a movie at least one movie uh from that universe. We'll describe the story. Uh, that we found uh, from that series and uh, you know how we want it to be depicted on the screen and we're also going to do who we uh, want like to play cast. those characters who, yeah going to be the the, the characters um, how do we want it to play out how do we want um, this to like highlight uh, comic books for us and like what that looks like sounds good to me yeah, I got homework. Yeah, All right, we got some <laughs> homework. <laughs> so please join us next week for that. Um, also join us for this week's Stargate Sunday. We're going over Ooh. the Knox episode. Oh, Knox. 
Sounds I've been waiting for deep. I've been waiting for this one for a very long time. There's some very good stuff. Before I even watched the <laughs> episode, uh, rewatched the episode, I already wrote like five pages worth of notes because <laughs> this one, hey. this one is where we we said the last two weeks that the amount of or the the accuracy or the quality of writing has gone up as well as the quality of acting has gone up. This is where the quality of writing goes into the stratosphere. I like I don't even know how else to describe it. So this is this this is Stargate at its best. This is their first episode where I'm going to give it a solid 5 and I'm going to tell you that right now guys. It's it's one of the best and I really want you to watch it so that you can follow along. But well, I'll do my best to give you um, all of my thoughts on it, uh, and and I'll probably I won't I won't spoil anything, but I'll go into some deep dives of how this particular story will evolve into something even bigger in only a couple of episodes. It's gonna it's gonna contribute to a long-standing arc of the show, so it's gonna be good. I hope you're ready, Ryan. I. My body is ready. <laughs> so yes, please join us again next week uh, for that big, big undertaking that Ryan's got us going on. And then join us for Stargate Sundays. This has been Kevin and Ryan for seven days to rock and stone guardians. Rock and stone. Bye. Bye.